You're listening ad-free on Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Half on 90 The Fan. I'm your host, Ben Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Man, imagine this, a stress-free win against Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Raptors win by a score of 128 to 111. Um, really not much to complain about at all in this game. You have to be completely satisfied with how the team played. Um, you know, the Toronto Raptors were very good, um, very steady through three quarters and just pulled away in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, look, listen, it, it's the Raptors, at least on paper, should be a better team than OKC is right now. Um, I understand that right now they're they're tied in the record and they're actually one-on-one on the season. Um, but the Raptors should be uh, ahead of where OKC is, right? But, of course, we've seen inconsistency out of Toronto. Today, um, everything was sort of clicking for the Raptors. Like, this is how it should look. Like, this is, as much of anything, like an ideal snapshot of what the Toronto Raptors mean to be when they built this team together. I mean, when you look at it top-down, every starter scored at least 16 points. That The low man was Jakob Pertl, who missed a couple of layups today. It was only 4 of 11, but it went 8 of 10 from the free throw line, which is hugely promising. I, I saw Yak go through a, a lot of extra shots uh, at practice on Wednesday before I did the interview with him. And a lot of those were free throws. And I was curious. I was, I was like, okay, maybe this is just normal. But I think, you know, he kind of anticipated the fact that um, OKC actually went to a hack a yak strategy for a short while there in the fourth quarter, and Yak was actually able to really deliver what five of six in that stretch. So, I mean, every starter, 16 or more points. Pascal led the way with 25, 17 for OG, 19 for Scotty, 16 for Yak, 19 for Fred. A lot of these guys played really well together, really did well in combination. And of course, you had reliable bench scoring through Gary Tran Jr., who uh, played a lot better. I thought there were still moments in the first half where it felt like, okay, uh, a misplay here or there, or, you know, uh, just it wasn't at its very sharpest, but I thought in the second half was very, very strong, was able to combine very well with a lot of the members of the starters. Nick Nurse also tweaked his rotation a little bit. We'll talk about all of that. Um, but yeah, the Raptor starters were so good that it, it didn't even necessarily uh, matter as much uh, what came off the bench. And by the way, Nick Nurse did make a very significant move um, taking Precious Achua out of the, the play and, and giving him his first DNP of the season um, and uh, using Christian Coloco at center, a move that he hinted at uh, last week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, we see it now. And listen, that those are the breaks. Like, if you don't perform, you know, there's other guys available. And I thought even though Christian didn't have a single point, didn't have a single you know free throw attempt or uh, field goal attempt, thought he was very solid on both ends of the floor before he got elbowed in the head and had to be taken out of the game. Um, by the way, he got called for a foul on that play too, which uh, whatever. Um, but in any case, let's start with the starting unit. Um, the big story, obviously, is Pascal Siakam um, back to form. Like this is a very average Pascal game within the scope of the season. But um, within this specific game, I thought Pascal looked very good, very sharp. Um, a couple of really nice plays, including two Eurostep um, drives uh, where he's able to finish um, just quite sharp, was able to get into the mid-range. The pull-up jumper was there. The only strange concern was how much Pascal was missing from the foul line. He missed uh, four of six in the, just the first quarter alone. Um, and so, you know, that was sort of, uh, strange, but of course he did settle in after that. But more importantly, I just thought he, he did a much better job. I mean, look, OKC sent multiple defenders at him, and this is a team where even though OKC has long players, a lot of these guys are 
um, not as experienced. Their best defender is Lou Dort, and they're having basically to split him between, okay, you guard Pascal or you guard Fred or you guard Scotty. Like, th- there's just too many guys that Lou Dort needs to guard. Someone else actually needs to cover some of these guys. And I thought Pascal was really able to, you know, look sharp and attack and pick his spots. And when the Thunder sent extra bodies at him, he was making the extra passes. You know, could have easily had a triple-double tonight if the Raptors hit a couple more threes off of his passes. But overall, the Raptors shot the three very well, 14 of 32 for 44%. That's excellent. Um, but, yeah, I just thought Pascal was very sharp, you know, and, and did everything kind of you expected him to. You know, fourth quarter, a couple of diving uh, plays where he saved a loose ball. Like, he, he was really giving it a very strong effort out there and, and looked a lot better um, than the previous versions that we have seen in the last, like, two weeks or so where Pascal has been in a slump. And there has been a lot of speculation. What's going on? Is it fatigue? Is it the fit with Jakob Proto? All that kind of stuff. And and my assertion throughout all of that was always just like, yo, he's just in a slump. He's going to get out of it. And, you know, that's just normal for players. And I thought today, um, yes, the matchup favored him. But also, I just thought he played with a lot more energy and vigor. And, I mean, the fact that he got 14, off, uh, 14 rebounds, including five offensive, to lead the Raptors, you know, that was excellent. The way he set up the play was great. He was very incisive. Eight assists, by the way, zero turnovers. Um, and, you know, I thought he was competing on the defensive end as well. There were no real defensive lapses from Pascal. I'm sure if you go back on the film, there's going to be some mistakes, which, of course, you know, that's just natural. Everyone's going to make a mistake, especially if you play 34 minutes. But, um, yeah, I just thought he, you know, he was back to normal. Even watching him pregame, you know, he was really uh, in a groove knocking down the three. And, um, you know, that's where Pascal obviously goes through a pretty long uh, warm-up. A lot of it is one-on-one drills against a trainer, and he's shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers and, and, you know, working on his footwork and working on his finishing both hands. But the three-point shot for him sometimes can look really um, erratic even when he's shooting in pregame. And I thought he had a really, really good warm-up, and he carried it into the game, knocked down multiple jumpers on the mid-range from three as well, three of five from the free throw, the three-point line. I mean, the four of eight from the free throw is, is strange, but – um, yeah, he played great. And listen, when Pascal plays great, it really, really helps everyone. I mean, in fact, I think it really helps the bench too because of the fact that the Raptors changed the rotations a little bit. A lot more Pascal with the second unit, um, you know, and I think that really combines well with Gary. It felt like um, watching Gary struggle in the second unit, uh, a lot of it to me was like he was combining with Precious and they just have no chemistry together. Like, they don't play with each other well. And to be honest, they don't really have the games that mesh up well. Versus you have Pascal with that second unit. And, of course, Pascal being sharp and Pascal being lethal. Him drawing away the extra attention and allowing um, that to, to to be the pressure release to Gary, who's able to catch a shoot for three, which is obviously what he does best. You know, I think that made a lot more sense. I also thought the Raptors were very prepared for this game overall. You know, OKC won two zones at certain points. There was like a 3-2 zone. Um, that they that they went through, especially against the Raptors' second unit, which is a smart play. I mean, that's something that you expect them to do. Um, you know, obviously the Raptors' bench has struggled against uh, opposing teams playing zone. We saw that in the Laker game. The Raptors did a really good job handling that zone, and I thought Gary got into really good spots to break that zone. But listen, it helps when everyone shoots a three well, right? And I think the ball movement in this game really does enhance the three-point shooting. But the bottom line is the Raptors' ball movement has been fine throughout a large part of the season. It's really just their shot making hasn't been there. A lot of guys are getting open looks and they're not knocking those down. For example, I thought Fred, um, you know, was three of seven, but a lot of those plays in the fourth quarter where Pascal attacks and kicks it out to Fred and, and he knocks it down and instead of you know that being a miss and the Thunder going the other way and scoring something instead Fred knocks it down it's a 20 point lead the Thunder got a call timeout or like OJ Anobi's at the top of the floor and he's taking the three and he's making it or honestly OJ is showing great discretion and yes he's got an open look at three 
but instead he's going to drive and attack the closeout, be under control, not turn the ball over and make the next pass out or, you know, get into a better spot in the mid-range and sort of turn that into a post-up. I mean, I thought he was very measured in the way he played, and he would have played more minutes tonight if it wasn't for two quick fouls slapped on him in the fourth quarter as he was trying to guard Shea. Um, but he was efficient. I love the way Scotty played as well. Um, you know, I, I love – of his 14 shots, I love 13 of them. One of them, I just – I thought, um, you know, him taking a trailing three – uh, in transition just doesn't necessarily need to be something the Raptors hunt for. But at the same time, that's not even a bad shot within the scheme of things, right? He took excellent shots today, and I loved how strong Scotty took it inside, finishing through contact. Um, you know, obviously, Ben Taylor being the official today, uh, you know, you, you, you do worry, okay, is that going to be a storyline? It wasn't really a storyline, although I have a little detail to share about that later on. Um, but Scotty, you know, going strong in the paint, uh, one play down the stretch there where uh, he caught the pass from Pascal and, and he took it really strong oh, from Yak. And he t- took it really strong with two hands, dunked it. Speaking of strong finishes, Yaka Pertl had the dunk of the night uh, where, you know, the Raptors were able to get a, a turnover, essentially. Well, OG blocked the shot um, and it was a change of possession and real quick action. And the Raptors broke away. Scotty with a, you know, beautiful look away pass to Yak, you know, who was a trailer on the play. And Shea was alone under the rim. Yak goes up strong, dunks it hard. And um, unfortunately, uh, even though he is just completely knocked over by Shea, uh, the Raptors don't get the foul call, uh, which was a little bit strange. But still, an amazing dunk. You'll see it on highlights everywhere. Yak Proto with one of, uh, uh, you know, the great dunks uh, from this game. But yeah, the starting unit just played really well. And I thought that, you know, the, 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 there is an event here post game, so it could get quite loud and we might need to go to a break depending on sort of how much they want to use the mic here. Uh, shouts to Jared Manitad. They are celebrating um, Filipino heritage. He's thrilled. I know Alex is in the crowd too. Today he's Filipino. Anyway, um, yeah, the starting unit played well. It, it was strange because the first quarter, the starting unit didn't actually build a big lead, which they had done consistently in previous games. However, when the second starting unit came in the third quarter, they did great. When they were finishing the second quarter, they were great. And when, of course, they were finishing out the fourth quarter, they were great as well. Now, I think the bigger thing for Nick is what to manage wasn't the starting unit because that hasn't been the problem for him um, since the Jacoperto trade and since putting him into the starting lineup. The bigger problem has been, okay, how do we manage the bench rotation? And I thought that, you know, Nick made a big, bold call today, but also in retrospect, a very justified one by taking Precious Achua out of the lineup. Precious didn't play at all. And listen, when you have listened to previous episodes of the Reaction Podcast over this road trip where they went on, um, I've been highlighting a lot of the mistakes. And listen, it's not stuff that he can't do, but it was stuff that he just wasn't doing. And the, 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 the product on the floor wasn't delivering. And listen, the Raptors have no margin for error, right? We're still two games under 500. We're, we're desperately trying to make a play-in race here. Like, it's not going to be very easy at all for the Raptors to actually finish anywhere that they feel comfortable at the end of the regular season. Like, at best right now, we're looking at, like, a eighth-place finish. Like, seventh is even hard with Miami sort of, you know, being five games over 500. The Raptors are two games under. So, you know, Nick Nurse decides to take Precious out of the group. And, um, you know, I, I guess I guess we shouldn't be surprised. However, it is surprising considering the fact that Precious has been consistently playing. I don't even remember him getting a DMP last year as well. So he's out of the rotation. Christian Coloco comes in, and I thought Christian was able to come in and bring a lot more steadiness to the group. I mean, as soon as Christian checked in um, to start the the second quarter, um, Christian was able to make a string of really good uh, plays where, um, you know, he was 
beat on a pick and roll. Um, Sarge had actually slipped past him for, and, and a bounce pass was made to Sarge. Sarge had a what looked to be an open layup, but Christian has the ability, obviously, to chase down and block, and he, he met Sarge at the basket, blocked him. Um, the next play, where uh, Coloco wasn't involved, but defensively, Christian's involved. He's at the basket, jumps up, you know, forces a, 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 a missed shot at the rim. The Raptors get the rebound. They run the other way. They score. Uh, and then, you know, during that play, Christian is able to win a tough offensive rebound. Kicks uh, The ball bounces back out to Pascal, who's able to finish, right? And another play where Christian Coloco was able to get in the crowd, win the tap out, hit the offensive rebound, and Pascal is able to knock down a three. And look, this is all stuff that like Precious could also have done, right? But at the same time, I think Christian came in and actually did that job and did a really great job of it. And even though we didn't see much of him over the course of the rest of the game, I thought Christian was able to just stay in his role, be solid, protect the basket, and didn't eat up bad offensive possessions, didn't force his shot, set solid screens to get his guys open, and that was good. And now, listen, um, it's getting a little bit too loud in here, so I'm going to recap sort of the rest of what Nick Nurse did with his rotation well, we're going to throw it to a break. I'm going to try to find a quiet spot. But you've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Ben Lou. Big shout to Ron Harper Jr. showing love to the Filipino community. Um, that was awesome. He just gave a, a nice little speech. And but listen, obviously, it was, it was a little loud for the broadcast. Uh, so we took that break. But... Um, it's great to see, man. The Raptors uh, definitely, you know, celebrate their heritage uh, and make a point of it. And um, yeah, I mean, even also practice yesterday and, and they had a new addition to the, the video board uh, where they put up uh, all the different flags of the different players that they have um, on the team in terms of the countries that they're born in. And yeah, it's just a beautiful thing, man. The Raptors really do celebrate their diversity. All right, back to celebrating this game. Uh, where <laughs> the Toronto Raptors won by a score of 128 to 111. So, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, they taking pressures out of the rotation um, and putting in Christian Coloco, I thought that was very solid. And based on the results today, I think you're probably going to see it again. And I think for, for, for people who are curious in terms of Precious's spot in the, in the Raptors, I think that is not to be questioned. I think that he's going to be a long-term piece here. However, I do think that this is an opportunity for him to sort of like, you know, uh, refocus a little bit. Um, I think that... You know, it, it, trust me, he, he has now gone from being in the starting lineup where he was successful to not being successful off the bench. We covered that in today's episode with uh, Joe Wolfon and Joseph Kashar, where we talked about how Precious has very dramatic uh, splits playing in the starters or playing off the bench. Playing with the starters, his true shooting is like 60%. Coming off the bench, his true shooting is 51 So, you know, I, I think that there are significant um, issues there. And I also think that in recent performances, a lot of the plays, and the reason I kept fixing on them was that there were just plays like not setting the screen right or not being in, in, in the right spot to rotate and not rolling at the right times. These are things that are within his control. It's not an ability thing. It's really just like a focus thing. So I really do think that this is a big test for him. Um, you know, can you get refocused as a pro? Can you, you know, lock in on the things that you can do? Clearly, there's an ability for Precious to really contribute to the Toronto Raptors. I've called him and I maintain to call him um, the second best prospect on the team behind obviously Scotty, who was far and away the best prospect. But I believe in Precious. He's got a, you know, um, 
just he's the most athletic guy in every gym. Um, and, you know, we've seen long stretches of good play from him. Hopefully he's able to rediscover that. And you really do hope that he doesn't take this the wrong way and starts to disconnect even more or starts to get angry at sort of whatever the situation is, because this is an opportunity to refocus more than anything else. His spot on the team is very secured, but clearly the Raptors need performances. And Christian Coloco, him coming in for zero points is still a much better performance than a lot of what Chris, than a lot of what Precious was doing. And listen, I, for Christian's sake, I hope he's okay. I mean, he caught a tough elbow from Jalen Williams on a drive to the rim. He tried to poster him, but he also cleared him out with the, the left arm. I don't know why that wasn't reviewed. There was a clear elbow to the face. In fact, it was actually called a foul on um, Christian, so just really literally adding insult to injury. But I hope he's okay because, you know, I thought he played well and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. And I think, look, listen, the tangible difference is also, look, Christian is able to affect shots at the rim. Like that play where he blocked it on Sarge, if Precious in that same scenario and, you know, uh, Sarge gets the slip, he's probably not going to be able to recover in that same way. Whereas obviously for Christian, he's just bigger and longer, right? Um, and some of the stuff with the screen setting, though, I think both guys can set solid screens. And I think, again, that just comes down to timing and focus. But... You know, that was the big change. I thought, obviously, off the bench, it was okay. To me, it was the big thing for me was just, like, they weren't noticeably giving up the game every single time out. Like, some guys weren't necessarily a positive. Like, I thought Chris, for example, did a lot of positive things, but also, you know, just, again, also similar to Precious, had moments of uh, a lack of focus. Like, for example, in the first quarter, uh, Chris does something great, which is jumps up for the defensive rebound, secures possession, but then instead of dishing it off to Fred who's right there beside him, uh, Chris decides to push the break, gets uh, into the front court, there's no advantage, and ends up having to pick up the ball and throws uh, and just loses it while dribbling out of bounds. And it's like if you had just given it to your point guard right away, you know, you wouldn't have that turnover, right? Uh, there's, there's opportunities like that. Or like when the Raptors first shift into a zone and, you know, Chris is supposed to be on the wing, Precious, or, uh, Christian's the one in the middle, uh, Chris doesn't pick up his assignment and the Thunder get a two on one in the corner and they're able to knock down a three. And after as Chris is looking at Christian, like, you know, what's going on? Like, no, no, no. You, that's something where you guys have to figure it out. I'm sure you guys practice zone against the Thunder. I'm sure you guys went through the walkthroughs. I'm sure. Listen, even if they just say, hey, we're going to zone as a pro, someone who's played in the league multiple years should know exactly what to do and what spots you're supposed to be in. That's just a breakdown. Right. Or in the end of the third quarter, there is a play where, you know, Chris jumped out at Isaiah Joe. I think this might have been also zone as well, but he left his feet to jump at Isaiah Joe, even though he, there was no need to do that. Joe was able to then relocate, give the ball up, and then go deeper into the corner, catch the pass back. And because Chris had jumped and took himself out of the play, he was late to recover on the play, and Isaiah Joe, who is an awesome shooter, knocks down the three. That's another sort of misplay. Or two plays under the basket where Jalen Williams is there. And listen, Chris is not in position in terms of to stop the shot, but at the same time, you know, he, he foul, ended up fouling a shorter player under the basket twice by leaving his feet. And it's like stuff like that where the mistakes are still there. And again, I think when you're thinking about the Raptors, even in a game like this, when the Raptors went by 17 and they're comfortable at the end, I'm worried about the margins. Can we sort of tighten things up and get better on that front? Um, because I think the Raptors can continue to develop on this. But I think the bench overall was solid. And even though I highlighted some negative plays from Chris, I also loved how energetic he was on the offensive glass. I like that. You know, he was going hard um, to the basket in transition. I think overall his, his rebounding was was strong. This one, seven rebounds in 16 minutes. There was lots of good things. It was just really got to cut out the fouls. I mean, the jumping thing with Chris is, is just like a, a story as old as time. I think he'd be twice as good if he jumped half as much. But 
you know, I, I think if that's the biggest problem, is that Chris jumped too much for the second unit? I'll take that because that's so, so much better than what the second unit was given recently, right? With Gary sort of underperforming and, and, um, and Precious obviously, you know, playing in his role. So, uh, and it, even today, like Will Barton, for example, like he had a lot of open threes or he had a couple open drives. I liked the shots that he took. I liked the type of shots that he took. But of course, you need them to convert. But, you know, ultimately, I liked the process of sort of how he played. Um, and then, yeah, Gary, I thought just, you know, got into a nice rhythm, took a couple of mid range jumpers in, in, um, in, in rhythm, which I think for him, it's like it's not necessarily about uh, how contested he is. I think it's really just about how able he is to set his feet. And listen, sometimes, you know, uh, he also has moments where he laps in, in, in concentration because obviously I'm studying the bench really hard right now. But there's a play where, you know, he gets beat on a straight line drive by Ludor and gives up an and one. Right. And then another play where Gary ends up switching unnecessarily on a play, doesn't fight through the switch or fights fight through the screen, gives up the switch. And the Raptors eventually, because of that mismatch on that screen, eventually give up a corner three and they knock that down for OKC or you know, Gary has a chance to pass it on the fast break to make the extra pass to guarantee a dunk. Instead, he holds the ball, gets fouled, and whatever, man. Gary going to the free throw line is a good thing on the whole, but ultimately he went uh, one for two, and so that's another missed point, right? So are there other things that the bench can clean up, but overall, like, they played much better. I like the combination of Pascal playing with Gary. Pascal has always been a significant amplifier of what Gary can do on the floor, especially with that ability to sort of draw people to in and to kick it out for threes. You know, there's that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought, you know, th- the rotations were solid. I think the offense was very smooth. Uh, again, I liked the way the Raptors played inside out. Um, you know, they touched the paint repeatedly. I thought, you know, Scotty was in- impactful down there. Jakob was definitely impactful down there. Took up a lot of space. Made a lot of great cuts to sort of free the Raptors from all the pressure that they were facing on the perimeter. Um, OKC is definitely a team like Toronto that likes to really press up on the ball. And so, but then again, they don't have as many bigger players, and a lot of their players are young and skinny. And so the Raptors were able to get lots of advantages in the post. They're able to go through OG in there, Pascal in there. And then I thought Fred ran a really good game, um, as he has done consistently since. Um, you know, Yak has come in to really balance out the lineup. You know, that pick and roll was there for him. But I thought the bigger thing for Fred for me was just like, can he do a good job on Shea? And listen, Shea is a monster, man. I mean, look, I thought overall the Raptors actually did a, a decent job covering Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, he had 29 points on 12 and 19 shooting, knocked down a three, went four or five from the free throw line. Um, and, you know, that's that's an objectively good game. But at the same time, I thought the Raptors were able to manage the problem. Like, yes, a player, a great player like Shea is going to go off. And I thought in that second quarter, he really started slipping free and he picked up his pace and he got in early and the Raptors defense wasn't completely set. But I thought after halftime, the Raptors really regrouped, uh, locked in on Shea. And that's not to say Shea didn't score from that point onwards. That boy is very, very clinical. Like if you get like a, a loose offensive rebound comes out to him and there's a mid-range jumper, he's knocking that down. You know, uh, a play where, you know, he, he gets he drives into the baseline um, and he's completely covered by OG and but he throws up the up fake and OG jumps to sort of cl- cl- uh, close out and he jumps into him. Stuff like that. It's just it's so hard to guard him. Shea is so slippery. But at the same time, I thought the Raptors did a good job. And to be honest, I was curious in terms of who are you going to assign to cover Shea, right? Because we've seen the Raptors put Scotty a lot on point guards. We've seen the Raptors put OG a lot on the opposing star player. Or they could just go with the regular matchup, which is point guard on point guard and Fred guarding Shea. Ultimately, Nick Nurse chooses that third option, puts Fred on Shea. Um, even though the first three possessions, I thought the Raptors actually had used OG on Shea and then Scotty on Shea and then Fred on Shea, all within the same pos- uh, the th- first three minutes. But they settled in where primarily the matchup was Fred on Shea. And listen, 
Fred did a really great job of not trying to um, do too much, right? What he did was he would press up on Shea, force him specifically to drive um, away from the middle. And when Shea sort of eventually cut around and got into the middle anyway, that's where the Raptors were set up to have the help, right? You're not going to stop him on the perimeter like that. You're just not. He's just such a good driver. He's so shifty. And there's not a weak hand you can really force him to, right? Um, but at the same time, I thought Fred did a decent job of that. And listen, a lot of that involved a guy like Shea being able to turn the corner and get into the paint. But the Raptors were really counting on when he's in the paint, the Raptors are able to then force him into a couple of, of, of missed chances. And Fred, for his part, fought back and, and got at least two steals on Shea, if not three. But Fred had four steals tonight. Um you know, the Raptors were also, especially in the third and fourth quarters, really able to bring that extra group to Shea. And even though Shea was kicking out and, 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 and doing that okay, I think right now he is definitely much better at scoring one-on-one off a drive, whether that's the mid-range or going all the way to the basket, uh, as compared to making the right pass on the kickouts. I mean, like, yes, he kicked it out, but he only had three assists tonight. It wasn't like he was carving the Raptors apart on those. And listen, OKC shot a decent percentage from three. Like, they're 13 or 31 from three for 42%. That's pretty strong for them, right? And even in that third quarter, when Shea was getting forced to give it up, Josh Kitty was able to walk in for two, you know, driving uh, floaters. He's got really good touch on those. It feels like he's just walking to the basket and then just flipping it up. Um, you know, he also was able to knock down a three as well. And so, look, that that happens. But yeah, at the same time, you got to live with it. You got to leave the right shooters open. Another Raptors did a really great job helping off of Lou Dort, encouraging him to shoot. Yes, he's hurt the Raptors at times in the past, but even when you just watch him shoot, he's got a very um, set shot where he's keeps the ball very far out from the middle of his body, almost exaggerated off to the side, and then throws up a really, really high arcing shot that, you know, almost like almost like a Derek Fisher, I suppose, but not with the, nearly the same amount of accuracy. And, you know, he wasn't able to hit it today, one of six. But also, I think the Raptors did a really great job of being able to help off of Dort, knowing that Dort's a very aggressive offensive player. He will drive and attack that gap, and then the Raptors presenting help at the basket. Yes, Lou Dort's very strong, um, and he's built like a, like, a, like a geo dude, but at the same time, like, the Raptor, he's not that tall, right? He's only like 6'2", 6'3", and the Raptors have tons of length and size in the middle, especially with Jakob now playing at center, where I thought Lou was really struggling to finish in the paint. And so, you know, the Raptors did a good job there. And yeah, I just thought overall the defensive strategy was good. I mean, no one on OKC's bench was really hurting the Raptors. Isaiah Joe was sort of the danger man because he's such a good shooter. Um, they had Fred cover him as well off ball in the first quarter when, you know, he wasn't on Shea. Second half, the Raptors were able to sort of switch through other guys on Joe, and Joe was able to slip free a little bit more. Um, Trey Mann, you know, hit a step back three um, against uh, Jakob Pertl. That was a bad switch. He's too quick. I mean, I think generally speaking, Jakob has done a good job switching out on guards. But Trey Mann is just a very, very small, leaf quick guard and one-on-one and like that when he sort of threatens the downhill drive and then pulls back and steps back for three. So hard for centers to contend with, even guys who are, with nimble feet like Jakob. So, so, uh, so, so Mann was able to get a couple shots off. But ultimately, the Raptors did a really good job of sort of containing OKC's um, offense. And, you know, um, yes, OKC was, was still able to move the ball around. They were able to hit free throws at an efficient rate. They were able to hit threes at an efficient rate. But the Raptors were able to really lock in at the paint. And I think more than anything else, that's the most important thing. I mean, the Raptors held OKC to 42% shooting on the night. Meanwhile, the Raptors shot 50%, above 50% until the bench came in and started doing some very random things, including Malachi trying to, forcing his way to create. I mean, yeah, Malachi and the word create should not actually go together that often. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it was just um, it was just a good night. It, it felt like you could see the Raptors' experience. You could see the Raptors at edge in talent as well, and they did great. 
uh, tonight and they got the win. And, um, you know, I think the, the bigger thing, obviously, is the Raptors continuing this effort and staying healthy and hopefully Christian's okay. But I think Nick made a tough move and I think that really paid off for him. I think Pascal really got back to form, which is uh, a huge relief because, you know, he is a huge part of this team. And even, yes, with other pieces here that are not necessarily ideally spaced or him playing a lot of minutes, Pascal is a very good player. We've seen it for the bulk of the season. And I hope that this means that he snapped out of his funk. I thought he was excellent today. Um, and, yeah, the rest of the team played great team basketball. Um, I, I really loved it. Everybody in the starters, I thought, played very unselfishly, were very aggressive um, when they had the chances. You know, they were either, you know, in terms of when you had open catch-and-shoot threes, guys were knocking those down. When you had uh, opportunities to go to the basket, they took it strong. When they went to the free-throw line, they converted. Like, everything was there. Uh, and I guess that was the other thing, too, strategically. It was interesting because the Raptors had built a double-digit lead. And about the seven-minute mark, they had, the OKC Thunder already committed four fouls. So when Jacoperto came in early, about the 10-minute mark, because Christian got elbowed in the head, and so he came in earlier, um, they started f- intentionally fouling Jakob. Now, it was interesting because it wasn't like they were just grabbing him um, and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, like, uh, still, like, uh, it was any time where Yak was involved in the screen, they would really just hug up on Yak and... and it's hard to tell if it was just like bad screen navigation or if it was just intentional fouling. But at the same time, he had four free throws through three quarters and then he had six free throws in the span of a minute. So it's hard to say that wasn't hack a yak. And listen, that, that's that's a that's a strategy the Raptors might you know face in the future. Right. Um, there, that is a way to sort of um, slow down teams. You see that much more rare in the NBA nowadays. But who knows? Maybe the opposing coach is just trying to stop the clock and create extra possessions you know i mean obviously i don't have to explain what uh you know intentional fouling as a strategy is it's very straightforward um but yeah you know yak did a great job you know so much that they're getting extra you know ovations what's going on man there's a lot of events happening tonight here in toronto uh it's lou oh yeah shouts to lou man i mean you know obviously a homecoming for lou and uh for shay but um yeah i mean first trip Yak went to the free throw line, knocked down both. Second trip, Yak went to the free throw line, knocked down both. And the third time, Yak went one for two, made the first one, missed the second one, but Scott is able to rip down the rebound and uh, eventually convert that actually into a dunk. So, yeah, I mean, I think everything worked out well. So um, just to wrap up the show, um, you know, your three stars from tonight's performance. For me, the first star, uh, I'm going to give it to Pascal. It's just a nice relief to see him back at, at, at his regular spelt form. 25 points, 14 rebounds, uh, eight assists, zero turnovers, despite facing double teams consistently, despite playing against the zone. Uh, five offensive rebounds for Pascal as well. I love this hustle. Was diving out of bounds to save loose balls in the fourth quarter as well. 9 of 19 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. That was nice to see. The only thing that, you know, he didn't do well was the free throws, 4 of 8. Um, but, yeah, great great to see, man. Um, you know, Pascal, it's not like, I think, the difference now for the team is that they're much more steady. Like they don't need Pascal to dominate just to win. But at the same time, you still need Pascal to be a big part of the team. You still need him to be probably your number one option, you know, on a consistent basis. Um, actually, that's not probably. I think you still need that. Uh, but, you know, obviously he has been falling short of that expectation in the last two weeks. But hopefully that slump is over and we can see this moving forward. Because listen, you see this too. That also helps your bench too, right? Because if a lot of benches is just... Guys come in, play some defense, knock down some threes, hustle. But otherwise, their main guys come in and they play a lot of sort of isocentric offense and they score a lot and until the rest of the starters come back in. Like, that's a lot of benches in the league. And to be honest, like, if the Raptors bench is like that too, I wouldn't be surprised. But, of course, that would actually require their guys to play like stars, which, you know, tonight Pascal's able to do. Uh, your second star from tonight's performance, I liked a lot of it from from Fred. Um, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, a block. 
plus 11, 34 minutes, 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, some really, really, um, you know, momentum-breaking threes, I would say, some pull-up threes, just like that, to end up uh, in, in the, uh, the first half. Uh, was efficient going to the basket as well. Didn't get a foul call. Um, didn't get to the free throw line. I mean, this was with Ben Taylor in the game, so not too surprised, I guess. But, you know, did a decent enough job guarding Shea, at least sort of help forcing him towards help. Um, and then, you know, also staying attached in the play and getting a couple of steals. I mean, that's not an easy job, but thought Fred did well. And, um, yeah, I'll definitely take this kind of performance. Again, also pretty efficient from him as well. Rare to see Fred shoot 50%, but uh, I think it's an indication of the good ball movement and good shot selection tonight. And then your third star, I'm going to give it to uh, Scotty Barnes. 19 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, uh, plus 23, 8 of 14. I loved how strong he went to the basket. Sometimes, you know, you see him miss a couple of shots. Even in the first quarter, you saw him miss a couple of opportunities. But when he goes strong like that, I mean, he's just – it's hard to stop him. He, he's a very, very, very uh, good finisher. Um, but, of course, it, it requires a little bit of going all out. But, yeah, he was able to sacrifice. He was willing to do it, and uh, he played his role perfectly. But to be honest, a lot of other guys could have got um, in consideration here. Gary played a great game. OG played a great game. Yak played a great game. But that's what happens, you know, when you have, a, um, you know, the Raptors playing up to their potential and up to their talent. Uh, you know, you, you have more than three guys to choose from. Um, but, uh, yeah, tonight I'll definitely savor this one. This was a good win. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, I don't even know, to be honest. I, I, I mean, I guess Trey Mann. I mean, he came in, he was quick. He, he did a good things. Uh, I mean, essentially, like, the Raptors could use a guy like that off the bench. Like, they're not really getting it from Will Barton. And, of course, Malachi coming in and trying to force his offense for three minutes was truly painful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... I guess Trey Mann, but it wasn't like it was a huge difference maker, but he had 12 points, you know, off the bench in 21 minutes. Um, not a lot of great performances on OKC tonight, though. And I was really expecting a stronger effort from them. They've been playing excellent, by the way. They've been winning six of the last seven. And, of course, Shea always turns up in Toronto, but uh, no exciting finish, man. The Raptors just cruised to a nice victory. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, apologies earlier for, um, you know, the, the, the background noise. Um, you know, sometimes that happens, right? They have post-game events, and so we got to, you know, sometimes interrupt it and, uh, make adjustments, but we, we fought our way through and, um, you know, we had a good night. So thanks everyone for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, and yeah, we will uh, catch you after the next game.